I need you to know this thing, this thing, which is the title of this podcast. So hopefully you already know this thing since you press play, but you are set apart. You are set apart for such a time as this. And this conversation with Nash Amber, who is a fashion and lifestyle content creator based in the UK, it's going to wreck. It's going to wreck you. I I really think it is. I think it's going to call you higher. I think it's going to bring you to a level of attention uh, in the kingdom and in culture that is going to perplex you and it's going to perplex others. There's going to be an attraction quality, a magnetism quality, because you are going to rise to the occasion of being in entirety from the inside out and the outside in a daughter of the king. This is a conversation about fashion, yes, but it's also about being fashioned, always becoming, right? You guys know my book. I hope you have it already, Always Becoming, Sex, Shame, and Love. It's literally premised in this concept. Every part of the story that she was sharing, I'm like, yes, yes, that was me, yes. And so there is a break-free opportunity in this conversation, and I know that it was an anointed time. And it's going to be a time for you to say, yeah, I am set apart. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress. And this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hello, hello. Welcome, Nash Amber, to the Fit and Faith podcast. I am so honored to have you here today, all the way from the UK. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me, Tamara. I'm really excited for this conversation. So thank you. It's gonna it's gonna fold out beautifully. You guys have to know that when there's tech involved, life involved, motherhood involved, entrepreneurship yeah. involved, sister, wife, mom, friend, all these things involved, mm-hmm. it doesn't always go according to plan. So this yeah. is our first mm-hmm. podcast together that was supposed to happen yesterday. But I know for such a time as this, God has it mm-hmm. ordained for this experience, and so I can't wait to just unpack packet and to also recognize that there is grace abounding Mm. in situations that unfold in life. And I think oftentimes we feel that sense of shame or worry uh, Mm. when we miss out on an opportunity. And in fact, this door opened beautifully because somebody else canceled and changed and we got to still have the exciting conversation that I know this is going to be. So thank you for, for being here. No, thank you for having me. Honestly, it's an honor. And also just for all the different changes that happened. Thank you for just being so gracious. I'm really grateful. 
Absolutely. So I am so excited because you're an influencer, a content creator, a marketer of all sorts. But one of the things that I was really drawn to by you is this idea of being set apart within the stylizing world, right? And style and fashion to me are so important. And Mm -hmm. so I immediately was like, yes, we're having this conversation. But (laughs) I want to hear like the backstory because I could create my own storyline to this entire Mm -hmm. idea. But I want to hear the backstory of how you got to do what it is that you're doing and even how your faith is intertwined in it of course I think this is like the question that everybody asked like how did you get started <laughs> yeah um, I feel like it was a little bit by accident but it was also that discovery journey in my faith with Christ um it started from years ago like 11 years ago with the world of Facebook before Instagram was what it was and YouTube and TikTok and all the rest of it it was Facebook and I used to constantly change my profile picture on Facebook to the latest look that I'd put together when I went out, you know, when I went to church or when I went to my friend's birthday, I was, you know, like a lot younger in my twenties and stuff. So it was kind of like, oh, let me just share my expression of fashion and coming from, um, coming to Christ, of course, my dress change and my dress sense changed. And um, I guess I didn't actively look into modesty, but it was a part of something that just happened. I just wanted to wear things that are a little bit longer or a little bit a little bit looser, but still looked, you know, classy and edgy and still showed my personality, but in a new way. And um, yeah, it kind of just started from there, really. And then I had people constantly asking me, where do you shop? Where do you get your stuff from? And people saying this is needed, like fashion for Christian women is needed. We need to discuss this topic. And I was thinking, why would anybody want to hear from me? Like, <laughs> just why? Because I was thinking I'm not always shopping, you know, designer goods. And I don't think at that time I saw it as a gift. And I think that's what I said. It was a, it's a discovery journey. I never realized that styling could be a gift that could be used to glorify God because in the church we were so used to the conventional gifts are you a teacher are you an evangelist you know um are you into like worship and singing are you an usher those types of offices or positions were very common but to say hey I style for the glory of God like who was doing that so I was very it was a very like challenging discovery to realize that I'm a creative and that's how I bring glory to God but I've always had it in my heart of hearts. And so it just kept shining more and more. And the more I did it, more people would be like that outfit. It just ministered to me. You look so good. Wow. I didn't know Christian women could look this good. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And (laughs) yeah, so it's been a journey, but that's kind of how I got started. And then I just, one thing led to another blogging led to YouTubing, YouTubing led to Instagramming led to where I am right now. This is so cool. I think what a lot of people are going to gather from this is that it's often two things. One, what mm-hmm. you naturally and organically evolve to, right? Like mm-hmm. there was not really this uh, huge trying. It was more of like it fell into your lap. Now, I don't think that you didn't associate that to work or you didn't associate yeah. that to doing or serving or how do I show up in this? Because it still mm-hmm. takes time. Entrepreneurship surely does. But also Mm -hmm. the recognition that in that is gifts are not necessarily um, gifts and talents associated to the church have been limited. And while I think Mm -hmm. that there is still the fivefold ministry of what you were speaking to prophetic and, and, and all vision and all of those pieces, pastoring, evangelizing, but it's this knowing that 
our gifts and talents are intertwined into those ultimate. Yeah. So that's the top tier segment. And then mm. you're right below it in the I evangelize through style. I evangelize through whatever that be, right? Coaching yeah. or ministering or helping businesses launch. And so yeah. I think it's really powerful. And if people could unlock that for themselves, they would probably mm. be doing something drastically different than what they're doing. Yes. And I definitely agree with that. And I think it's been a discovery, a, a journey for me, but I think God has used so many people within the body of Christ and some even not, like he's used my work colleagues to be like, Nash, like, how do you do all these hairstyles? Like, you need to be showing me how you do this. And I'm just thinking, I didn't think it was a, such a big deal. But then the more questions I've I've had, the more I realized, no, these are genuine questions from people that honestly want to know. So, yeah. you know, just realizing that Nash don't downplay what you have just because it's not the norm Um, yeah and I think when people are consistently asking you that's like a a white flag not a red flag it's a green flag Mm -hmm. saying like you need to lean into this this is something that you're valued for and fashion is is literally a part of every single person's life there's everybody not anybody whether they say they're fashionable or not or stylish Mm -hmm. or not Maybe, maybe not, but that doesn't mean that they're not capable of. It's like being when people say they're uneducated, like, Mm. are you uneducated? Maybe Mm -hmm. you're street smart in a way that I'm not street smart, right? Yeah. And so I think that there is just a lens in a ways that oftentimes our language towards Mm. even our fashion can inhibit Mm. us from what God is calling us to do. Absolutely agree. So talk to me about this conversation of modesty in the church, because Mm -hmm. I have pastors who grew up in a Pentecostal church in the middle of Arkansas, and Mm -hmm. they had like, you had to have long sleeves on if you were a guy, you had to have Mm -hmm. no jeans allowed in church, no way. The dresses Mm -hmm. had to be ankle length, the hair could never be cut. How did you go from, from what your traditions were or what the church you thought suppressed women, especially women, I think, um, mm. into this idea of fashion? How did you step into that without even really recognizing it? You said you came to know Christ and then modesty just kind of became. I would love to know that because it's a similar <laughs> journey for myself. Yeah. So for me, it came from actually being absolutely fascinated with this idea and the part of God's nature of him being holy. And you know, verses that talk about be holy as I am holy and just all of the holy priesthood. I was like, holy nation and we are royal priesthood. I'm like, these words sound so amazing, so poetic, but what do they mean, you know? And sometimes in the church, there were words that are thrown around this, you know, the holiness of God. And I was just like, what does it mean? I don't know what it means. And so I went on a journey of looking at What does holiness mean? And understanding, you know, purity and how Christ wants me to be pure from the inside out. And he doesn't just want purity for me, but he wants it for my brothers and my sisters alike. And some of the things within our kind of culture, um, popular culture as well, that can sometimes come directly against that kind of purity that that Christ desires for us to have. Um, So then it kind of compromises our identity in being holy. So it's not that we do things to become holy, but it's like that is your new identity in Christ anyway. So it's more, are you walking in accordance to what you've been called to, this new life in Christ? So for me, that journey of, wow, I'm set apart. So I'm different. I'm not better, but I'm different okay, what am I different from? What am I set apart for? Why am I set apart? What does it mean to him? And that was, these were the questions I had. And the more I questioned, the more things in my life were just 
I was being convicted on different things, whether it be my attitude, whether it be my clothing, how I speak to people, how I respond to situations. So it wasn't just one area, it was across the board. I was being challenged on, are you responding according to your new nature? Are you living according to your new nature? And so from that, the fashion element, it's like I would put a top on and I would just feel it. I wouldn't know. I would just know this is not appropriate. Nobody told me. Nobody told me off. Nobody was like, what are you wearing, Nash? Myself, well, not myself, but the Holy Spirit really spoke to me and showed me, does this align with your new nature? And just those questions, those gentle questions caused me to be able to answer myself like, no, it doesn't align because this is who I am now. This is who I was. And I've always been into fashion. So God just seeing that fashion is is in Christ, like he fashioned us, as the Bible says. And I think about how the first fashion stylist that ever was after sin was God, who clothed Adam and Eve after they tried to make their own clothing. And it wasn't obviously covering and working for them. (laughs) That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I've never heard this. Like, you don't have a good, you don't have a lovely, (laughs) you know, and he's clothed them on a practical level. So it's just these little nuances through the scriptures. You see it weaved in. You see how even in the Old Testament, he was with the priests. They had to wear a particular linen. And there was all of these things where how you dressed really spoke volumes for who you are. I think in our culture now, it's not always the same anymore, unless you're like a police officer or, you know, working as a paramedic, then we can see what you do. But most times our clothing doesn't speak as much as it used to. But in my journey, just the more I I kind of was leaning into my new identity in Christ, the old man was dying. And so those desires started to die. And I was like, I know how I want to look. Like, I know what I want to say through my clothing and that's not what I'm trying to say you know so I started picking clothing that showed what I'm trying to say which is this is the new version of Nash this is who I am and so that's why I just started doing things so other people said to me you're so modest with your clothing you're so I never studied modesty I studied Jesus and he made me modest so for me that's been my journey into it so whenever I talk about fashion and modesty I can't not talk about Christ's transforming power in me because he never taught me about clothes he taught me about himself do you you see what I mean so I totally see what you mean and it's a new perspective that I have never heard and I've also been super empowered by fashion in this way but since Mm. I was little of like almost like dress how you want to feel and I encourage people to do that all the time because a lot of times we are especially in mom life you know how this is in the midst of having a two-year-old toddler mine Mm -hmm. are a little bit older now but (laughs) I remember like it was just way more easy to put on the yoga Mm. pants and the and the mom bun and Mm -hmm. by the end of the day midday I would feel just more tired. I would feel, oh, I'm, I haven't even showered yet. I felt messy. I felt run Mm -hmm. down. And then as I started to transition into supporting um, their school and doing my entrepreneurial endeavors, Mm -hmm. I would just get dressed up. And I did this Mm -hmm. since I was little. I I mean, Mm -hmm. my mom actually instilled growing up that every week we had to choose two days to wear dresses. didn't matter. That was like the rule. We had to wear dresses two times a week. My brother had to wear something other than jeans or sweatpants two times a week. So he would wear like, you know, khaki slacks or something like that. And, and when the rule kind of simmered away, when we got to high school, I still did it because 
people, it wasn't because of what people said, but it was how I felt based mm. in what they said, right? And based on how I showed up in that identity. And so mm -hmm. I really love the comparison of understanding that when you become more Christ-like, he makes you more Christ-like. And mm -hmm. it's it's in that becoming journey that you step mm. in and empower every realm of self and the inside out rather mm. than the outside in, which is That's the way fun. cultural norms have made it right. It's about yeah. body image. It's about if you're not wearing this, then you're not stylish or you're not yeah. cool. You're not pretty or you're not sexy or you're not mm -hmm. any of these things. And I think the biggest thing with that is the sexuality piece, the purity piece and the body mm -hmm. image piece, because sexuality, purity and body image, while there's that association to what's happening from the outside in, a lot mm -hmm. of it is just stemmed in insecurity. And yeah. so Talk to me through how, as you've become more modest or more Christ-like, whether modesty is probably not the word that you're like, I'm not becoming more modest because we become more modest, you're going to get a turtleneck up to your face like me. <laughs> but no, it's this, do you feel like you've created or have a more empathetic lens to people who are choosing to wear pop cultural normed clothes based on their lack of connection to God? I definitely think yes, yes, definitely for those that don't know the Lord, definitely, because I think you don't know what you don't know. And so over time, I've had to, again, that's what I spoke about earlier when I said more, becoming more Christ-like wasn't just a clothing issue. It was even a, how do you perceive other people who are not on that journey of faith and having to not be judgmental and be like, why is she wearing that? And this and the other, that I've had to also outgrow and learn the approach and the heart posture I'm supposed to have towards those that don't know any differently and I think a lot of um, my kind of sharing and my platform I kind of learned quite quickly that it wasn't for the world I wasn't speaking to the world and I wasn't speaking about a standard that the world knows about and it's not really a standard for them it was more a standard for the body of Christ it was more of a standard and a call for those that have already said a yes to Christ, who have already surrendered, have already said, my life is not my own. Um, so this topic of dressing for his glory is for us believers rather than saying it to the world. So for the world, I have um, compassion for them in a different way than I have compassion for women who are within the body of Christ, but still choose to dress more towards popular culture and not because there's different reasons. Some people, it's budget. Some people, it's just lack of knowledge on their body shape, what works, et cetera, et cetera. Some people, it's, you know, it's the fact that they need healing from this conversation of modesty. They've been bashed and bashed and bashed so much, they don't want to hear any more about it. So I understand that the, the trauma and the hurt behind the conversation puts them off from the conversation. And then you have those sisters that are just like, hey, I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I don't want to hear it. And that's yeah. a whole different heart posture. Also, <laughs> God loves me you know, anyway. Yeah. God loves me anyway. And that's also a different heart posture that still yeah. needs to be addressed through the yeah. lens of scripture. So for me, it's like, it reminds me of the parable of the sower. You know how it speaks about a sower was sowing some seeds, some fell on the wasteland, some fell on good soil, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like the different hearts reveal the different places people were within their journey of faith. So for me, it's like within our journey of faith, our heart posture, like our heart, the soil of our heart will be shown in the way we respond to these different life choices. 
Um, and this fashion one just seems to get people very upset. Um, <laughs> I love it. Well, it's, I don't think it's, um, it's a conversation that's easy to have in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. And it's a conversation that is also not had, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to have and yet nobody talks about it. They just mm-hmm. kind of pass it off as a part of normal. Oh, they're just young. Oh, it's just cultural norm. Oh, yeah. that's the new trend. Oh, mm-hmm. that's the new fad. Yeah. Right. And recognizing that, as you said, and I hadn't actually thought about it from this perspective, from like a lens of who's your target audience, right? You said, I, I, I really realized that this was really a call to the Christian woman the one who has already been postured to receive this idea, this conviction and uh, similar conversations around people who have chosen not to drink alcohol, right. Or um, chosen not to be on social media. And there's so many lenses and conversations of people and their conviction is based in their experience with the Holy spirit. Yeah. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in-real-life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation. So get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference. But you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. I love that a lot. So I'm curious because you said when I came to know Jesus and that there is Mm -hmm. this pre-Nash and post-Nash. Now I only know the (laughs) post-Jesus, pure Nash. So I I want you to take us back uh, to kind of the conversation Mm -hmm. of how did you come into faith? Were you, did you raised in the church or or tell Mm -hmm. us about that? Yes, a little bit raised into a bit of a Christian household, but I 
think a lot of us who come from African backgrounds, we have a sense of there is somebody up there, you know, and for us, it was Christianity that was sort of taught to us from young that God is real, Jesus is real, this is it. But it, doesn't, it didn't mean that I had the right foundations in terms of the right doctrine or really having a personal relationship. So I only developed a personal relationship when I was like 18, 19. That's when I made a conscious decision that I want to know him for myself, not through my mom, not through this person, but for myself. And before that, again, 18 is still relatively young when I think about it now. But at that time, I felt like I was a grown person. And um, up until that point, I had already been very conscious of how my body came across in different in different looks. Like, oh, if I wear a crop top, it makes my boobs look bigger. If I wear this, it makes my bum look bigger. If I wear this, and I knew these are some of the things that will get guys' attention. So my aim for doing it was very intentional. Like, I know this is going to get me to get looks. This is going to get me to have guys approach me and things like that. So although I was younger, I still had that kind of, as the Bible puts it, a perversion of the mind where you're already looking at what can I do to alter myself to get what I want, which is again a, a bit of manipulation, if you want to call it, you know, what it is, calling a spade a spade. Yeah. So I had already had that notion even in a younger age. So though I didn't necessarily always, I don't know, I didn't maybe go to put back, I never went to clubbing. I was too young and looked way too young to even be in a club. But I still knew my heart was not pure because my intentions and the things that I wanted to achieve were not too, they were not good, you know, they were not kind to me or to other people. Um, so in terms of my fashion, that's how I was before. Other than that, in terms of heart-wise, I was just a very timid, very shy and fearful young girl who didn't know her identity. She didn't know her sense of self-worth. I didn't know that I was fully known and deeply loved I didn't know what it meant to have somebody like truly believe the best for me the way Christ does um so there were so many nuances and things within the culture that I was just following just to see oh could this make me feel you know appreciated maybe this will make me feel loved and feel important maybe if I'm a bit more like this like I was super slim I still am slim now but I remember being obsessive about putting weight on because all my friends had curves that I didn't have and so there was an insecurity there of I don't feel like a woman because I don't look like how women tend to look if only I had thicker thighs if only then I feel like I would feel more like a real woman and having to unlearn that and stuff after Christ but before Christ this is my mindset I just thought beauty was one way and it wasn't me um so having to learn unlearn that and stuff so yeah for me I feel like a lot of my issues before Christ were very internal issues that showed up in different things in my life but if you had seen me you wouldn't have known because you don't always see the issues that people are going through but I know that I was very broken um very lost um just sort of shame embarrassment and just regrets and stuff like that which only got taken away after I came to Christ mm, wow I feel like you, your reflective self of your little child, of your little Nash, of your little daughter, right? Um, it's really interesting how much wisdom you bring to that lens uh, yeah. and you do it with such love. And I think 
when I went through therapy for several years and we like parented and reparented that child from the lens of the father rather than through the lens of our earthly parents who do the best that they can, but they are mm-hmm. only doing with what they know how. Yeah. Um, it, as you were talking, it just like took me back to that version of myself. And mm. I think that there's a powerful component to people having that experience to be able to go back and sit. And why did I choose to do this that then became mm. habit? What mm. was I being influenced by that then became habit and yeah. then became okay, right? Because mm. at some point there's a shift from, I don't really feel good about this, or this isn't the thing that I know I should be doing to, well, I've been doing it for so long, so Mm. I might as well, because it seems to be working. But the ultimate thing that you were speaking of, even as you were talking through, well, this will get that look, this will get that that affirmation was only uh, rooted in the fact of desiring love, right? It's not necessarily the other pieces that come along with what happens when you date or get recognition or have those words of affirmation or lust or any of that. It's really about our root desire, which is a root desire given to us by our Mm -hmm. father is to be seen, to be known and to be loved. And so I think that if we as a society and this movement of being set apart in our style, like you're essentially making And I want to shift to that in a minute because this is Mm -hmm. more than a business. It's truly a movement uh, Mm -hmm. for such a time as this is understanding that no matter what age bracket you're Mm -hmm. in, no matter what your weight looks like, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your styled culture looks like, this Mm -hmm. is a conversation that I think stems way back to that young daughter, that young child that Mm -hmm. has to be repositioned in our mind in order for our insecurities to be released Mm. and for, like you said before, our posture to change Um, Mm. and for us to take authority in that space. It would be pretty wild to see who I believe is fully committed to the church to make Mm. these shifts. Mm. It's, yeah, it's definitely a big, a big call sometimes. It's very, it's very, I feel the weight of it to a point. Because I'm like, okay, and and how I started this was definitely as a, a ministry, as a safe place for women to learn about beauty and fashion and sense of how do you now package this new woman when she comes to Christ? How do you rebrand her for language that we're all used to? I love you that know, so much, yeah. That, that kind of personal branding piece, because that's what it is. It's a case of what story are you telling and do you want to tell? Who are you now? Um, and how does that come through and how you you yeah, package yourself and so I'm really passionate about that I have been for years although now I feel like I've quietened down a bit in terms of taking on clients and stuff like that but it's something that's always dear to my heart I love seeing women see how they can become and how they can look there's that doubt they're like I don't think I could look like that Nash I'm like just hold on a moment just just hold on yeah and let me let me get my hands on you just yes, for a second <laughs> just for a second I love it and then seeing them in front of the mirror I've seen women just crying they can't believe they look like that and they had this image that if they're gonna look lovely if they're gonna look cute if they're gonna look sexy for their partner for that you know they need to do what the culture is doing and so for them to see themselves like I'm covered but I look so good how is this happening um that mind renewal it's like I'm seeing it happening right in front of my eyes and it just I love it I that makes me so excited and I want to do it for as many women as I can do to give them that sense of hope to see the beauty that they have you know 
Yeah, I love it. And even as you were talking and thinking about that, I was thinking through even like bride fashion that Mm -hmm. has transformed what essentially the bride and the bridegroom are supposed to look like and what God has intended for that covenant. And Mm -hmm. that you'll see, you know, slinky dresses or more skin than white. And it's Mm -hmm. like, wait, like there's a, there has to be a reshift in what Mm -hmm. this actually means and what exchange is actually happening. And so people are being betrothed to one another in Mm -hmm. the sexual immorality that Mm -hmm. has been constructed as decent and okay and normalized. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. And I think about it specifically. Um, is your child a son or daughter? I haven't asked you. A daughter. A daughter. See, like I think yeah. about her and I'm mm. sure it's no different than than my child and my nieces and all of that. And I'm mm. like, how do you shift this? How do you take this huge idea mm. and impart it as a movement? Mm. And through YouTube and Instagram and all of these places that you show up, what yeah. is what's the like one action call that you can tell people about? Oh, one call to action. You mean just in terms of like the style and the fashion and everything? Yeah. Oh. Or like if you want to be set apart in your okay. style or if you want to be mm-hmm. a set apart woman, even that identity piece, what could mm. you encourage them to do to feel confident enough in order to mm. do it? Because I think it's a bold yeah. move because it's counterculture. Yeah. It is a bold move and it is counterculture. I think if you want to go on that journey to be like, hey, how can I really be the set apart woman? For me, it all starts with the word of God because out the word is what will give you that identity and the word is what can really help you to, to see yourself through his lens. And as you see yourself through his lens, you begin to get confidence. So the confidence never comes in what you put on. Like I always say that to people I style, it's not the dress that makes you look beautiful. You are beautiful. The dress is just coming to confirm what already was. You see what I mean? So it's about that piece of understanding yourself through God's lens. So it has to be a word thing first. And then after that, on a practical level, you have to date yourself. I you have to date yourself (laughs) you need to be like what do I like what don't I like why don't I like it stalk Pinterest look at looks that you like who inspires you who doesn't inspire you what do you like about their looks what do they have in common you know you start peeking you might realize like oh my gosh they always wear hats I love hats I'm gonna go in you know I'm gonna have hats in my wardrobe or I love big earrings I love color oh I seem to always love dark tones but they always have this kind of shape and you know, you start to see a trend and a theme when you start to collect albums of things you like. And then even if you don't have the budget, take yourself window shopping, go into a store that you like and just go to the changing room and try on loads of different clothes. Take pictures of yourself in the same items you saw on Pinterest and see how you feel. Um, and then when you can invest in the pieces that you're like, I liked how those jeans made me feel. I liked when I put that jumper, like, you know, that sweater, as you guys say in the States, we say jumper in the UK. You know, I like how it looked on me. Oh, I like the one that had the V-neck rather than the round neck. Play with shape. Play. So then the more you do that, you start to see what God has put in you, like your personality shine. And that's what I think really helps in terms of finding your set apart style and being counterculture in this culture. Um, and one of the things that I always get is, yeah, but Nash, I've tried that and the shops don't have modest clothing. I have that all the time. Then I'll say, come, on, watch, come on, watch my YouTube channel and I'll show you where I shop, <laughs> you know. Um, 
but I think there that it's true that some of the, the stores don't have clothes catered to us because we are not their target market. But there are some brands arising, and I do think sometimes it's how you look at it. They may call it a top. I will call. They may call it a skirt, but I would call it a top. So I would style <laughs> it with skinny jeans. So I don't let wow. the culture tell me what the item is because I will look wow. at it and like this cannot be a dress. <laughs> that would not work. <laughs> like where is the rest of this dress? This looks like a belt. Like, so I'll be like let me try it as a belt. You know, let me play oh, it up. Awesome. Me... So it's changing things up. You know, if it's a button-up shirt, wear it open over skinny jeans and a tank top. Like it's about what can it become, not just what did they say it is. And that I think is something that comes from my father. You know. He looks at us as the clay, broken and it, with nothing. And he says, "What? Well, who could you become? And he gives us form. So for me, I lean into that side of God to say, God, this dress is not working. I need a dress for a wedding. What can I do? And he'll literally be like, add this, add that. I'll be inspired. Like, I didn't try this jacket you have. Do you remember this? I'm like, that scarf. Let me try it. And I'm like, ooh. I didn't know you know it's brilliant it It is and it's so fun and I loved the three applicable ways of doing that getting in the word what does he say about it Mm -hmm. date yourself I mean come on I don't know that I've ever heard that honestly Mm -hmm. unless people are talking about self-love which is this Mm -hmm. is not that this is not that and then also (laughs) to go and shop and window shop set that list I love the Pinterest idea I do Pinterest Mm -hmm. boards and when people are starting to create their ideal avatar or create Mm -hmm. their brand because that visual piece is so critical um and I I adore the the component of him looking at us as clay. What can this become? Mm. And the understanding that like we are not our body, right? right. Uh, we are our soul. We are the Holy Spirit within us. We are right. a being, not our body. And if we're able to activate from that being, when you walk yeah. into the room, doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you're wearing. You could be wearing a trash bag and someone's like, girl, you look good. You that good. light in there is shining, right? Yeah. And you can feel so confident but it's the mm. inner confidence that you are so focused on that I adore. Uh, mm. That is the confidence that God restores and right. literally sharpens every single mm. day. So this has just been such an anointed conversation. I know mm. it's literally for so many more women than you might think, even mm. women who are outside of the depth of faith that you have. Um, yeah. But there's an exploring process and a conviction and a sanctification process that has to happen mm. for our becoming. And mm. uh, I'm prayerful for all of them. Do you have any final mm. words? And I know they can get on all your social media. Your links are mm-hmm. all added already below. Mm-hmm. Um, but where do you hang out most? Where can we come hang out and shop with you? Instagram. I'm always in the stories sharing something daily, pretty much. So yeah, Instagram is my main hangout, um, followed by YouTube. Um, And every so often I I podcast, but we're working on that. (laughs) I love it. Yes, yes. Got to keep it up. It's consistency. Well, Nash, it's been such a pleasure. I am honored to know you you and excited to see how your movement continues to expand to glorify God. It's such a good one. No, thank you for having me. This show is awesome. And I love this conversation. I just love the authenticity of your show and just how Christ is so central. So thank you for um, helping us sharpen our faith with this platform. I'm really grateful. So thank you. Love you, Nash. Thank you so much. It's a joy. Thank you. 
Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.